This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 513 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Total Saddle Fit. Tonight, we have Karen Isberg come on to discuss the topic of insulin resistance. Trainer Laura Ashley Killian tackles a complicated email question from a listener, and Ashley Rand gives us a great trainer tip. Scoffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Phil. Hi, Reese. How are you doing? I'm <laughs> good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing I, great. I love my, it. Well, yeah, my horses all went really well today. Don't you love that? All of them. Ah, uh, oh, that's the best like day. That? Have you ever yes. had anything like that? Yeah, I did. Last week, <laughs> it was the same thing. Because we had the same discussion. It was like, at the end of the day, we're like cleaning tack, hanging out, getting everything done. And Dominique, my wonderful barn manager, and I were like, you know what? They were all really good today. And it's just the best feeling. Sure is. It is. Like all your work's paying off. You know, you sort of, you go about, you know, the problems that you've been having for the last two weeks, three weeks, month, you know, whatever. And they just, everything seems to click for whatever reason. They're in a good mood. And we're all happy. The weather's right. Yeah. It's not, yeah. The stars yep. align. Yes. All of those things have to happen, and I'm really grateful for that. I love it. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, we, we had a pretty good day here today. We've been working quite hard because we have a horse show this weekend. So the horses, I think, are actually going to get a little lighter day before we leave for the show tomorrow because I think we were all tired, myself included. So, And we had, we had lots of storms and rain around, so it was windy and weird. So they weren't all fantastic, but they were all really good yesterday. So I'm going to take that as a good omen for the weekend. All right. All right. Well, you guys were uh, recording a little early because Reese is off next week to uh, to Europe to do a big tour. I think she talked about it last week with, with everybody. So... We're yep, I will. To, trying to get some last things done real done. quick here. <laughs> I'll yeah, give a fun a report. Yeah. yeah, so we're going to start. Actually, we're going to get this party started with Karen Isberg. She's going to come and talk to us from Kentucky Performance Products. She's one of our, our uh, go-tos, and she's going to talk about a wonderful insulin-resistant product called InsulinWise. Well, we are excited for our monthly segment with Karen Isberg, president of Kentucky Performance Products. Karen, welcome to the show this month. Thank you, Reese. It's fun to be here. Well, we always love it. And we actually have a really, this has been a hot topic of conversation at Maplecrest Farm this week because we are now back in Kentucky and all that not so good rain has made everything so green. It is actually really, really beautiful, but it's been already a challenge of managing horses that are a little bit on the bigger side. Um, so can you talk to us a little bit about some some issues that, that we have in the spring with metabolic issues? A little bit on the pudgy side. And, and you know, actually, <laughs> it's not even just the, yeah, I've got one. He, yes, his name is Oreo. He is now in a month, well, much to his dismay. <laughs> he's a double-stuffed Oreo right now, legitimately. He's kind double of pudgy. Story. He's double-stuffed, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need to, we need to, we need to get some of that stuffing out of him. Yep. So the main thing that folks need to worry about, and you know, the, the problem with metabolic disease, especially insulin resistance, is you don't always know your horse has it. 
until they, they break with laminitis. So if you have a horse that's a little bit overweight or has a really crusty mm-hmm. neck or has some fat pads mm-hmm. on its butt, those are kind of some of the symptoms that you would have for a horse that, that, that is, is either has the disease or may develop the disease in the future. So when you have these horses, the best thing to do is to be very careful of the spring and the fall grass. So what you're looking at is you want to watch the weather. And when it's warm outside and it's below 40 degrees at night, what happens is during the day when the sun is out, the grass does all of its photosynthesis and it collects a lot of sugar in the leaves of the grass. Now, when it's 40 degrees at night, grass does not grow at all. So all that sugar sits in the leaves. And then the next day, there's more and more and more. So on these warm days with cool nights, the grass is packed full of sugar. And if you have a horse that is insulin resistant or you think might develop insulin resistance because they're that type of horse, you want to take them off the grass completely. They, they don't need to eat it at all. Take them off. Put them in a muzzle, a really good grazing muzzle, or put them in a dry lot so that they can't get it. Then when the grass, in, in the summer, when, when the days are warm and the nights are warm, then the grass grows. So the grass accumulates sugar all day long. But then during the night, the grass actually grows. So people are funny when they go, man, the grass grew overnight. Well, it really does grow overnight. <laughs> and, and at that point, then the sugars go into the roots and the stalks and other places in the grass that, is, that it, it's kind of dissipated to a degree because the plant grows using that sugar. And so there's not as much sugar. So in that case, if you have a horse that, you know, you're concerned about getting too much sugar, and you want to let them graze. If you're going to let them graze at all, you want to let them graze first thing in the morning because that's when the sugar levels are the lowest. And as soon as the sun comes out, that plant's going to start producing sugars again. So those are just some of the things to be careful of. If you have a horse that's confirmed insulin resistance, they need to stay off the grass completely at all times because they really just can't handle it. Yeah, and that's sometimes hard for owners to swallow. We have one like that here at the farm, and, you know, we would love to turn him out. Absolutely love it, but he cannot be out on the grass. He's just not... He's not made for that. He's made to be in, in the desert, I think. He just cannot go on the grass. I mean, it's just a very, you know, and it's hard because you feel mean or you feel mean in a muzzle. That particular horse, you cannot keep a muzzle on his head. He, he gets out of it. He's really good at it. And it was really a problem. And we just finally had to just, he just goes in a dry lot. And exactly. It, you and, you, and you give him his hay and you give him some mm-hmm. friends. And, you know, actually, if you've ever seen a horse with laminitis, it's, much, it's far, far kinder to put them in a dry lot or put them in a muzzle than it is to, to let, allow them to get, get that disease because it's really painful for the horse and it's, it's really horrible. So it's something you want to avoid at all costs if you can. Yeah. I think so, it's a good idea is what I try and send people, you know, onto some online resources to be able to body condition score their own horse, mm-hmm. you know, every couple of months or, or something. You know, there's some great resources that let you know what what is an ideal weight for a horse because i think in people's mind the ideal weight is a little heavier than what you know what science says the, an ideal weight is for a horse or or you know some some body condition things that you can look at to to let you know what what's going on and not to let it get too bad because once you know once yeah, you get to one one or the idea. other end of that of the scale it's very hard to fix just like a person yes it is Yes, it is. It's hard to get them to lose weight if they get too fat or gain weight if they get too skinny. We actually have um, an article on condition scoring on the kppusa.com website for anybody that wants to go look. It's under our tips and topics section. And you can, in the search box, you can just put condition score 
and that that will come up. We have pictures and everything that tell what the horse should look like at the different condition scores. And you want to have your horse around a, a five is best four or five. Some horses carry a little more weight. They'll they may be a six if it's a heavier breed, but that's yeah, the I mean, condition breed, score. And if you do that, breed matters once a month, as well too. Yeah. You know, yes. like you you yeah. can't turn a Percheron into a thoroughbred, but that doesn't mean right. you know that you should allow your Percheron to to get very heavy or you know large for his breed. Let's if you can put it exactly. that way. Exactly. Exactly, and it it gets a lot of other problems too when horses are obese. It's it's hard on their joints. It's hard on their respiratory system. It's just, just like people, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's metabolic disease, but there's, it also, you know, leads to a lot of issues with joints. So if you want to keep your horses sounder, they're better off to be a little on the slim side. Yeah. And so Karen, you do have a product and we, we actually, I've tested this product on, on the horse we talked about uh, just a minute ago and it's made a huge difference. So can you tell us a little bit about it? Cause you can't just buy this product, correct? No. Well, this product is, it's called insulin wise. And it's available through our Wiser Concepts Veterinary Formula product line. So you'd have to go to your veterinarian and talk to them about it. And the reason we sell it through veterinarians is because most of the time, if you have a horse that's insulin resistant, you want to have them under the veterinarian's care anyway. You want to have that discussion with your veterinarian. They can test the horse and tell you whether that's a problem or not. You can use this product on a horse that you suspect could become insulin resistant, or you can use it on a horse that is insulin resistant. And what it is, is it's, it's, a, it's a new product. We did some research up at Michigan State a couple of years ago. Um, we had a nice herd of horses that were confirmed IR horses when we did the research. And, and it basically, if you feed this product, it makes them more insulin sensitive. So it increases their insulin sensitivity. It decreases the amount of glucose that's circulating in their blood system and also decreases the insulin. So it moves them back more towards a normal metabolic status which then takes the pressure off the lamini and the feet. So that, and that's what you're looking for. That makes total sense. And it's, it's really helped this particular horse just in his body. His whole look is different. He's been on it since Florida, right? Or yeah, since yeah. we got to Florida and made, yeah. made a huge difference with this horse. So, and actually we have, we have just this week, which is why we came up with this topic. I've sent uh, three people to Karen and their veterinarians about this issue here in Kentucky. So um, we hope we have a feeling that it's probably something that a lot of people want to talk about. Yeah. But, it's that time of year. Yeah. yeah and you will sure. see, I mean, when these horses are not utilizing the glucose properly, they put fat in odd places like in the orbit over their eyes and they put the fat pads on, you know, sides of their withers and on their neck and on their butt. So when you get the metabolism normalized again, so when you get the insulin sensitivity where it needs to be, then those fat pads and stuff start to dissipate. And that's the change that you saw on the horse we're talking about. Yeah. Huge, huge difference. We, we all were like, oh my gosh, <laughs> we should have gone on the website, but you know, it's been a huge help and it's helped him too. Cause he's, it's helped with the work and uh, all that kind of stuff. So it's really been a good, it's been an amazing product. Yeah. And he can eat a little bit more hay now, mm-hmm. and, you know, cause you're not fighting mm-hmm. that, that constantly fighting that weight battle with him. Yeah, exactly. Now he eats he's metabolizing more normally. Mm-hmm. He eats as much hay as we feed him, but through a slow feeding hay nut. So it's still restricted a little bit, but we feed him as much as we can, which has been great. And it's good for him in other ways. So it's been a really helpful product. Well, Karen, we can't thank you enough for all your help as always. How can our listeners find you online? And again, uh, the website, because um, it's such a, it's a great website with lots of resources. So 
they can go on Facebook and search for Kentucky Performance Products. We're there all the time, and you can private messages if you have questions, or you can put the question on the Facebook page if, if you don't mind being public. And you can call us at 859-873-2974. We're open 8 to 5, Monday through Friday. You can, you can go to info at kppusa.com and send us an email. And please do go to our websites. We have two. We have kppusa.com for our, our over-the-counter products that are sold in the retail stores. And then we have kppvet.com, and that's where you would find information on the insulin line. Fantastic. So lots of ways to get a hold of us. Absolutely. And I'm happy to talk to anybody that has questions. I've, I've talked to quite a few people from, from the radio show. I talk to people probably every week from the Horse Radio Network. So it's lots yes. of fun. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's what we love to hear. Well, Karen, as always, thank you so much. You're welcome. I hope you guys enjoy the beautiful weather. Well, as always, we love Karen's information, and I hope that really helps everyone from Kentucky Performance Products. We have that here, a lot of issues here at the barn, and, and that product has really been helpful for us. So we're going to come back after this commercial break with Laura Ashley Killian. She is going to talk to us and help us answer some uh, listener questions that we've been waiting to get to. The sun is just peeking above the tree line as you walk into the barn. You grab your horse's halter off the hook and head out to the field. The dew shimmers in the sun as you walk across the damp grass. You call his name and his head comes up as he walks toward you looking for the apple in your pocket. You take your time grooming, enjoying the peace and quiet in the empty barn. A refreshing breeze greets you as you start down the tree-lined path. Your horse ambles along on a loose rein as you both enjoy a relaxing ride. The feeling you get on an early morning hack is why we do what we do at Kentucky Performance Products. This feeling is brought to you by Microphase. Fill the nutritional gaps in your horse's diet Microphase vitamin and mineral supplement is a low-calorie way to provide your horse with the vitamins and minerals missing from their diet. The horse that matters to you matters to us. Well, as promised, we told everyone we've got lots of email questions in the queue, and we're very excited this evening to have Laura Ashley Killian from Laura Ashley Dressage on the show. She is one of the newest certified instructors to fourth level. Laura Ashley, welcome to the show. Thanks. We are happy to have you, and I'm so, you did such a fantastic job. It was fun seeing you guys all work through the certification. It's not an easy program. But we are happy to have you help us answer one of these questions uh, that our listeners sent in. So, Phil, can you get us started and read us the question? All right. Today we are going to be tackling a question from Carrie. Okay. I'm going to read you the email. It says, hi, the biggest area of confusion for me is regarding the rain aids and their purpose. I understand the reins can be used to help rebalance the horse, but I don't understand how it affects the horse's body. I've noticed some upper-level riders look heavy-handed or look like they're moving their arms backwards instead of having quiet hands. Can you help me understand what the hands rein aids are meant to do and how the rider should probably use ex- execute the rein aids? This is, a, this is right. actually a really big question, yeah. a really difficult question. So what we're going to try and do is try and unpack the essence of it and try and answer at least some of the questions 
And what you can do is if you need further clarification on any point or have more questions, write us again. Mm -hmm. We can tackle it again because, again, like this is a a really huge issue. So, but if Laura Ashley, maybe you can get us started and we can get, we can try and do our best with this. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I'm actually going to start with on the contrary, I went to WEG to watch this pastime in Tryon and I was quite pleased with seeing soft, consistent riders' hands from these top riders on these top, powerful, strong, warm bloods and how eloquently they were able to put together the pictures. Certainly, there's some exceptions to the rules out there, but a lot of beautiful classical riding still at the top of our sport and just a few things in between that, you know, things happen with these big horses and you try to keep the principles in mind that we want the horse to be light and soft and out to the hand in a relaxed and pleasant way throughout the entire ride. And um, then we can start to go through and break down how we can help her beyond the rebalancing of the horse and talk more about how it does affect the horse's body. I know. I think that's a good point. You know, I think in general, you know, I don't, I don't think that anybody comes out to, to have heavy hands. Right. I, I don't think yeah. that people Certainly wake up every morning. Goal yeah. I, I mean, I think I think if you see people that are heavy handed, I mean, there's reasons that they're heavy handed, probably because the horse is quite heavy. So in pulling <laughs> or running or not listening to a half halt. So I think there's yeah. a lot to be said about that, like with with the rain aids. You know, I think, you know, people a lot in sort of my 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 daily training. You know, mm-hmm. we talk a lot about a horse, let's say, pulling the rider's reins or, or hanging yeah. on the hands that would lead to yeah. sort of a heavy-handed look. That's actually a symptom of the problem. The problem being that the horse isn't engaged from behind, you know, right, or isn't listening. Balance. Right, and the horse is out of balance. So you end up having heavy hands. So I right. think when you start talking about sort of the rain aids, you start talking about, okay, a lot of times we as riders feel the horses pull. So we, because we're humans, pull back. And that's right. kind of the root, I think, of the problem. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, what do you think? I mean, yeah. is that the root of the problem there? Well, it, sometimes a rider will accidentally come out of their own balance. And when they're fighting to find their position, they may then go to the horse when they're learning, when they're, say, in their beginning stages of their riding. But then once you're fairly rooted in your position, then it's not getting coaxed into falling with the horse into the bad habit. Um, And so, for example, I've got two separate but similar issues that I've got in my barn going on right now. My personal horse, we have gone backwards to go forwards, and we're working on the inside leg to outside rein. And that has been the root of our rides for the past few weeks here especially tracking right because as you're going she might not give me as good of a reaction off the right leg into the left rein and as a rider it's so tempting in that moment to go well if I just flex the jaw a little to the right then I can give the illusion of bend and when you get in that show arena and you've got a half pass coming up right now and you have to show bend and you have to get across the arena sometimes you go okay how am I going to get it done in this moment instead of going you know this isn't about the horse not coming through on the right and not flexing right. This is about them not responding properly to my right leg. Or I've got another horse that I'm working with that if you maintain your position, then she's beautiful and soft. But as soon as you start to tip or your reins get a little bit long, 
she starts to lose her balance and then she'll get a little bit heavier if you don't sustain your position. So for her, it's all about the rebalancing half halt and keeping her active and back on her hind legs, a little bit more engaged so that she stays carried up light and through. And if I would go to just pulling her up, the neck would get short, she would get tense in the back, her strides would get blocked, and she wouldn't reach as well through. Whereas if you keep that softer position, then it allows that energy to recycle through the connection. And she finds that wall more or less in front of her that says, that's far enough. Here's your box that I want you to live within. Here's your parameters. Now recycle that energy back behind and stay in this frame without pulling the horse into that frame. Yeah, I just returned to the question a little bit. I kind of was doing a little rereading. And I mm-hmm. mean, and I said it in early on, this is such a big question because your rain, your, your contact aids, your hands, your arms, your, your shoulders are responsible okay. for so much of the riding of the horse. They has to provide the horse a direction of travel. It has to mm-hmm. be influencing the horse's rhythm. It has to be influencing the horse's speed which you know which gate you want to be in you like all these things the the front to back balance the left to right balance and the yeah. bending if you're traveling on a curved line or or in a uh, shoulder in or so so the reins have so many different jobs to do and the job of the rider is to do the right job the right thing in the right moment and if we right. if we miss if we do the wrong thing in the right moment that's not going to work and if we do the right <laughs> thing in the wrong moment that's also not going to work so this is where we struggle as riders to become better educated in what we want to do and also better educated in when we need to do it. And the, the last thing that makes it so difficult is that every single horse takes a little bit of a different contact. So I can right. learn how to do it very perfectly on one horse. And then I've got to sit on the next horse. I have to reset all my aids and say, what does this horse need? When does this horse need that and how am I going to accomplish it by doing as little as possible, but achieving, achieving as much as possible, all while right. being perfect, like you were saying, perfectly balanced in my own position, you know, not missing timing and, and not tipping or falling. So, I mean, this is a major, major problem. Yeah. It's, it's almost impossible to learn in, in, in one lifetime. This is one of these things you know, like nobody's perfect. <laughs> to learn how to ride a horse huh yeah and so th- uh, this is one of those things there it isn't just a simple straightforward answer well the rain the reins do this because as okay. i just discussed they do a lot of different things and and with all different horses they sometimes have to be a little bit stronger sometimes a little lighter sometimes a little quicker sometimes a little slower so and like, in a perfect like, the hand's going to be just soft and carried out in front and most of your aids are going to come from your seat and your core and a little bit of your leg positioning but the hands and the reins are truly there for a reason to support the overall outline and balance that we want our horses to work within for the desired results and that desired movement yeah and only through perfect or or very close to perfect training can we achieve the desired outcome of you know a beautiful horse i barely have to like i I can just barely touch to to make a halt or you know but but this is why we train and this is why we all get we all have instructors eyes on the ground to teach us to do it better and you know even even world champions even charlotte dujardin and the best riders in the world are always this is why the sport is so 
awesome is because we are never perfect in our use and our of our contact and our legs and our body and and we're always striving to achieve to achieve that in our own little world so i know there there was a video that was going around on the internet not so long ago i forget who it was but they were doing their freestyle and coming up their final center line they were doing their extended trot and almost made their way into the judges box because that help didn't go quite as planned approaching their final salute and, and there was comments about oh well the rider used their hands to halt. Well, the other alternative was ending in the judge's lap. So there's times when they don't go just as planned, but I'm sure at home every day that rider is reschooling and training the horse that the positive reinforcement comes when they get the correct feel. And so as a rider, we really get to determine on these wonderful creatures what we want them to feel like and how we want them to go and rewarding in the moments when it feels the way we want it to feel. So if you want to ride a horse with a fingertip light pressure, then you train them that that is where we have the release. That's where things soften. Some riders truly prefer to have a little bit more weight in their reins. And so I spend a lot of time in front of my riders at a halt. And I'll take the reins and I'll go, okay, what does the horse feel like in your hands? If I'm up by the bid in and you're down in the saddle, then how much are you feeling? And they'll go, well, I've got about this much in the left and this much in the right. And I go, oh, well, maybe we should work on addressing why the horse is heavier on this rein or why you feel like you've got more in your hands through this exercise. And how we can get them that closer to your ideal with that lighter feel, especially for smaller ladies um, that might not have the strength to really keep a horse together in those moments when it happens and really need that lighter, more sensitive feel maintained throughout all the work. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great point. And, and uh, I like a lot of riders to watch videos of themselves riding because you know, picking out a rider that's hands are kind of he- heavy or kind of busy or that's that's can be fairly simple to do, right? So yeah. when when a rider watches themselves ride, they can, you know, they may not be able to pick out the, the small mistakes and the little balance changes. I mean, not everybody's, you know, an instructor and has been watching horses forever and riders forever and help them, but but you can sort of determine that, oh, that doesn't look good. I, you know, I want it to be better. And you can go to an instructor and say, you know, I was watching video and I, and I think I, you know, I think I look too heavy or too busy with my hands. Can you help me with that today? Or, you know, right. refer to refer to a book and say, you know, because a lot of books will offer you like, this is how you make a horse lighter. This is how you change the balance, you know, and sort of you, you can you can coach yourself through these moments a little bit with yeah. things that are obvious about our hands and, and, well, our- and I think that's easy to see right it's it's easy to see on video or you know if your horse is fussy that's something to think about like are my hands bouncing like are, or mm-hmm. I, am I moving am I not creating a stable connection that's also right. something that can happen yeah. you know you don't have quiet hands because you're really not paying attention to what your arms are doing and stable relative to the motion of the horse as well thinking about how in the walk and in the canter the arms need to allow the horse to have the freedom to undulate over the top line and truly reach and seek with every stride that if you keep your hands fixed in those gates, you're actually going to block the motion of the horse. And then looking at, say, the posting trot, 
where your hands need to stay stable relative to the horse's mouth rather than going up and down with your body. And by becoming more aware of your own positioning and how you need to move with the horse in its motion, then you can become more consistent in what you're giving the horse to connect to. Yeah, no, no, I agree for sure. But as we, as we said, this is a great topic and it was a, it was a great question for our listener. Um, and we hope, yeah, it's a huge topic. You know, we could literally talk two hours on this and, and, and have lots to say. So we are so thankful that Miss Laura Ashley Killian from Laura Ashley Dressage was able to come on, uh, one of the newest certified instructors through fourth level. Um, and Ashley, thank you, Laura Ashley, thank you so much. How can our listeners find you online? We are currently working on our new website development. So take a look at www.lauraashleydressage.com. And in the meantime, feel free to check out our Facebook and our Instagram as well under Laura Ashley Dressage as well there too. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much. And you have great tips and we really appreciate it. Yeah. We'll chat again soon. I hope you got it. Well, Phil, everybody knows we've been chatting about this total saddle fit stability stirrup leathers, and we are really, we both Phil and I love it, but Phil, I've got a clear winner right now and I can actually sit big Mike's extended trot. <laughs> the only thing I've changed. Okay, Big Mike's gotten better. Big Mike's gotten stronger. But I really, really believe that these stirrup leathers have really helped me. They really do help stabilize. They give a little bit more surface area. Uh, they're great quality. They're soft leather. I don't get any pinching. So I've been really pleased. And, and I've really, it's really, really helped me a lot because he's not easy to sit on. So I have to think, really thank Total Saddle Fit for another great product and the stability stirrup leathers are just in their great lineup of products and yeah yeah i was going to say that in both you and i will be sporting the the stirrup leathers and the girths at, at shows come up and talk to us about the products yep. or you know ask us questions or you want to talk about if you want to talk about our the podcast or or whatever just you know we're open to uh to yeah, discussions as long as we're not like going right into the ring yeah. or something like that but <laughs> maybe the right time but yeah, yeah but we there, love there's it there's a right time and usually when we're coming out and and the tears aren't flowing anymore or something like that <laughs> but yeah come come check out the products check out these stirrup leathers they're a little different than anything that you've seen before but you know once you get a look at them it's easy to understand you know how they help and you can check out the quality and then go online and and, and order from totalsaddlefit.com absolutely well, and as always, we have a great total saddle fit tip of the week from newly certified instructor, Ashley Rand. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, this week for our Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week and highlighting the newest USDF certified instructors, we have Ashley Rand Torres on the program. And she's been on before because she's been a wonderful part of our life here at Maplecrest. And now she has a new venture. Ashley, welcome to the show. Thanks. Well, we always love having you on. And I'm particularly, I was proud of all the new certified instructors, but particularly proud of you because I think I forced you to do it. Um, <laughs> good, good course. And I'm so proud of you. You're my first student to go and, and do that. So I'm particularly proud. But Ashley, you've got lots of fun things going on in your life. Can you fill us in on what you're doing? 
Yeah, so after this past Florida season, I moved back to Northeast Ohio, just outside of Cleveland. And I and my family just built a whole training facility, and I'm starting my own business up here and just getting everything rolling. First time being by myself and not being at Maplecrest. It's scary and exciting all at the same time. Oh, you're so ready. You are so ready. So tell us about your new farm. This is so fun. Yeah, so we have about a 50-acre farm outside of Cleveland with just about 10 stalls right now. And I have six horses on property. And we're just getting things rolling and figuring out all the details and the footing and what kind of fence we need to put in for everything. It's a lot of nitty-gritty details, but it's super good to learn, and I'm learning so much about everything, and it's really mm-hmm. great. So what it, what has just from building a farm, and this isn't quite your tip yet, but I think it's an interesting thing as you're starting the farm. What, what mm-hmm. would be one of your even one or two of the biggest challenges of building a farm? I mean, you pretty much built it from scratch, right? Yeah, we completely built it from scratch. Our biggest, my biggest hurdle was the research. As riders, we ride on world-class footing and world-class arenas and barns, but we never sit down and think what goes into those things or the details in the barn that you want to think of before you have to sit down in a meeting and actually remember all of those little things that you want. That was my biggest challenge was to remember how to make things more efficient and more accessible on the spot because we work in barns every day and we're like oh that would be easier but then you have to remember that so my biggest hurdle personally was the footing up here because we don't have a lot of access to great footing so we had to ship it in from california and that was a big challenge because i did it myself and it took it's i've been home for two weeks now and it's just now getting to the point where i can consistently ride on it and been a lot of work but it's going to be worth it in the end yeah no I think that, that you're right and and it's fun even hearing you know I built my barn 10 years ago here now which is crazy mm-hmm. and and just even the access of new materials that you have you know that I wish yeah. I had had 10 years ago is is really interesting and it's amazing you know, the different technologies that they have come up with yeah and and just the things that you've talked about, I'm like, oh my gosh, that would have been so great. I wish we had that when I was when I, I was know. building my farm. The one thing I did say was I wanted multiple hydrants to water the rink because when we'd have to water at Maplecrest, it's just one hose. So I put in two, <laughs> yeah, two axes of water so the ring gets watered twice as fast. Oh, and so brilliant. That was one of my main main points. <laughs> So brilliant. I wish I had known that. <laughs> but now now it's now it's not changing. <laughs> but yeah. no, it's true. Like I th- I was like, "Oh my gosh, that is so smart." Like I didn't even think of that. I just was thought of water, you know. So I think but you're absolutely right. Like it really as you're as you're building a farm, you you, you need to start a, a blog. That's for that's for another another experience, but you have a great total saddle fit tip of the week for us. What do you have for us? Yeah, my tip of the week would be to, um, this has affected me personally, this past show season is really to read and know the rules of the competitions that you are going to. So USDF, USDF rules, and especially I know there are new bits that are coming out that are still on the under review list. So just read up on all the rules so you know you're confident going into the ring, knowing you aren't in an illegal bit. 
or an under review bit because you're still not allowed to show with a bit that's under review. So it's just for me really important to know back and forth the rules and making sure that you're confident and going in and you get all the points that you can. I think that's great because it's true. So there is actually a really good access point to to some of this. And just full disclosure, I'm actually on the the high performance rules working committee, rules working group. And there is on the USEF dressage rule of the rule book, there's an Annex A. So if you go to the USEF website and plug in Annex A, it will come up and there's a chart that a lot of people have spent a lot of time to put down the bit. It's a picture. If it's USEF, legal, if it's FEI legal, if it's under review, there's also a lot of new tack that's on that chart that is really helpful. So you may, there may be the latest, greatest bridal out, but it may not have gone through the approval yet. So I think it's so important, especially with the new tack, there is a delay of when it, it, it comes out to when it gets approved and when it goes through sort of the process at USEF, it may be just fine and not something that would hurt a horse, but you're absolutely right. Like if you use it, you'll be eliminated at the end. Just because you can buy it doesn't mean that it's approved. I think that's the sort of thing. It gets made, it gets distributed, it gets sold to people. And then the rules committee look, look at it, right? They, Mm -hmm. you know, tax companies don't send it to a rules committee and make sure that it's legal before they start selling it. Which maybe should be the way it should go. But anyways, it's just, it's There's not. A, it whips. Just because you buy a yeah. whip at a tax store doesn't mean it, it's the right length. And yeah. that is. That's a big one. That, yeah. That's a big one. I was I was standing at the White Fences Horse Show and, and I don't remember, Ashley, if you were with me or not. And somebody got eliminated on the spot because their whip was too long. And it was like, yeah. they're like, I just bought it at the tax store. And then the tax stores, they may yeah. know, but they maybe they don't care. They're not going to tell you. Yeah, yeah I'm going to tell you. Not because they're trying to be mean. They just, maybe you want a longer whip. Like, it's not their responsibility. Yeah. And also freestyles. We talked about that. We've had uh, a great interview on freestyles recently uh, with Beth Hall, and she went awesome. through yeah. some of the rules that are important for freestyles. So, you know, it, all this stuff is out there, and Ashley is right. You have to take time. You have to ride in a throat latch. A lot of these bridles now, yeah. they have detachable throat latches. Those yeah. are not, you know, they don't tell you when you purchase the, the the bridle. They don't tell you that. So that's all incredibly important. So I think, Ashley, you're you're right on the spot on this total saddle fit tip of the week. And if our listeners are in the Cleveland area, how do they find you online? They can find me on, um, I'm on all social media. My company's uh, name is Art Dressage, A-R-T Dressage. Um, And my name is Ashley Rantoris. So I'm on all social media and I have a website, Art Dressage. So I am very accessible. Fantastic. Well, we're super proud of you and we can't wait to see the new farm. As always, we love email and Facebook shout outs. We really appreciate it from everybody. And we actually have a few more. I got one actually while we were doing recording the show. So we will get to them as can in the in the next month or so. And as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guest on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is Reese 
at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is on Facebook or email philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your hands down and your shoulders back, and we will talk to you soon.